You're listening to Live and Loud with the Lord, Nelson, that is. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, once again, you know who it is. It's the big guy with the big show. It's the Lord, Nelson, that is, from the podcast Live and Loud with the Lord on the CMS Network with Five Royals Entertainment. And ladies and gentlemen, once again, I've got somebody on here so important to the culture and to music. And if you're an aspiring artist, you need to listen to this young man. He's going to give you the actuals, the factuals, the contractuals. He's doing all that. He is really on point with what he's got going on. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me let me read off a little something for you. Um, this guy is going to educate all aspiring musicians. When you have someone that is truly honest with you about how you can succeed and actually knows the ins and outs of the business, yeah, I got to big him up. Someone who brings value to your musical journey by providing a service that details the steps to reaching your goals. It's a must that you pay attention. I am honored to have this young man with such a wealth of knowledge on Live and Loud with the Lord. And now I welcome uh, Mr. Mate Hardingoso, yeah, to Live and Loud Thank with the Lord. Yeah, let me clap him up. Lord Nelson, I appreciate you. Man, appreciate come you. on, man. Music business. Me and the intro. <laughs> hey, man, it's all love. So the first question, where are you from, young man? Um, I'm from Slovakia. in the u.s obviously for many years but i came here when i was almost 12 years old in 95 mm-hmm. and when i'm 39 now so yeah i've been here for a majority of my life 27 years he's just just a baby he's just a baby ladies and gentlemen <laughs> so what's the best thing about being from slovakia um to be honest with you it's where i say this but slovakia when i was born it was still communist mm-hmm. it was behind the iron curtain you know uh in 89 the wall came down but i really have to be thankful uh, for the education, the early uh, public education that I received over there from one to fifth grade and the fact that my mom stayed home with me every day, mm-hmm. grinding through all the information and the wealth of knowledge I gained because when I came to the U.S., even though I went to Howard County School, which is in Maryland, and Howard County Schools generally come up as like top five educational counties in the nation, mm-hmm. I would say I didn't really learn much new until college. Oh, okay, so, really? You know, where'd, you go to, so, where'd, where'd you go to college? Uh, UMBC. I went to uh, first. I went to a community college for like an honors program. They got a, I got into on a scholarship, and then I went to University of Maryland, Baltimore County for uh, mechanical engineering. Um, wow. Okay. So, so I would say, you know, I, I got my drive, my education. I guess that foreign drive. You know, when people talk about <laughs> here and, and and grinding, taking right. jobs, things like that. But you know, I think part of that mentality is just coming from a a country that had a very interesting history. And again, you know, during communism, mm-hmm. everybody was, I would say, very highly educated, but there was zero opportunity. And then when the communism was over, there was a lot of corruption. That's why my father left 
Gotcha. You know, so it could have ended up kind of like Ukraine, unfortunately. Ah, we didn't. You. We're in the European Union, you know, so I, I'm thankful for that. It's it's uh, that that's the way I look at it, at least. No doubt, no doubt. So let's get into it. Music in the music business. Oh. It's it's obvious you have a love for music. At what, what point did your love for music turn into a passion for educating artists about the reality of the music business? Huh. So passion for music started when I emigrated here as a young kid, right? Fell in love with hip hop. Didn't even speak English yet, but I think hip hop definitely just captured me one way or another. Mm. So then in high school, uh, one of my side hustles, so I don't get in too much trouble because I always had the... Um, you know, risk of getting deported until like, until I got my citizenship 2017 or 2018, I think. Wow. But, you know, so instead of doing what my friends were doing on the side, I, I started selling CDs. Mm -hmm. I, I was the first kid in high school with the one X burner. So if a 60 minute <laughs> CD existed, it took me 60 minutes to burn that. Thing. I got you. I know. So that's where the passion for like the actual business started. Cause I started printing my own covers. I'll put like, you know, executive producer, Mateo. I had my own little label, like signature and all that. So the word started to spread and, you know, I kind of did a little bit of that throughout college, but honestly, I didn't really know how to get into the music industry. I messed around with like a little bit of production software, like late high school, early college, but, you know, I kind of gave that up for uh, being an entrepreneur, you know, started businesses and other platforms. But when I got back into the music industry in around 2013, 2014, I was in a much better position financially. I had a business that was booming in another industry, energy efficiency, but it gave me some time and funds to invest in the artists. Right. Invested into artists, I got scammed for a lot of money, you know, mm. close to like 30, 40K. By hiring marketing agencies, PR people and all that, that just gave us bullshit, basically. So um, the reason I became passionate about educating the artists is because when we started our other companies in Maryland and other industries, we had a lot of help from the local state, like the Chamber of Commerce in our county, the SBA you know, uh, department in Maryland that had incubators, the University of Maryland had incubators, right? So us as business uneducated entrepreneurs just trying to figure out how to make it in a particular industry, all we had to do was just look a little bit and we found a, a lot of uh, information in uh, like little, like I said, incubators or groups that cared about entrepreneurship in Maryland and helped us. Right. When I got to the music industry, I don't see nothing like that, mm -hmm. nowhere, especially in the DMV, you know? But I don't think even now, like there's no like advocate groups for artists. I'm sure there are some, but not on the level I've experienced in the software development industry and in the real estate industry. You know, there's certainly no regulation in the music industry. So long story short, that's where that passion for educating, you know, our business owners. And I guess, again, because I came from a different country and I always a little bit kind of feel like the underdog in certain ways, especially in business. I had no connections, no money, no uncles, you know, nobody here except my media family. I gained a lot from these resources in the state of Maryland. So I wanted to pass that on because, you know, me being passionate about hip hop and knowing a lot of rappers, a lot of kids that were trying to make it, producers, they just had, they didn't have the access to knowledge that in my opinion would have accelerated their careers. They were very talented individuals. Right. And the information existed is just, they, it wasn't easy to to capture, Obtain. you know? So that's kind of where all, all came from. Yeah, definitely. I really want you to be on because I know you're going to inspire some people, man. Every time I see your content, it's like I want to like everything. I don't want to be a, like a lunatic, you know, but but it's just like you're saying so much great stuff. And I'm older and I've been through it and I'm still going through it with certain music stuff and even with mm -hmm. my son and stuff. So anyway, what you're doing is amazing, man. So I'm loving it. So with all the amazing content and knowledge you shared with artists that should truly help them, where do you think artists still fall short in their understanding of what it really takes to be successful? 
Um, I think it's more so a lot of artists have to unlearn what they think they know about the music industry. Mm. And I think initiative and execution is everything. I think one of the uh, phenomenon or like one of the aspects of the music industry that a lot of independent artists and producers suffer from is that they think that looking at A-list artists and their stories and what they said in interviews gives the blueprint for what they need to do. But what they're forgetting and we're in the entertainment industry and 90% of those interviews are entertainment. It's like watching an actor in a movie playing a role of a lawyer or a doctor and say, oh, I watched that, you know, I watched 10 hours of movies about doctors. I think I could be a doctor. Right. He's an actor. Right. A lot of, you know, and again, I don't want to discount, especially, you know, recently in the last 10 years, like people like Russ or even Jay-Z or uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of um, people that are passionate about actually giving the game in these interviews. Right. But right. we got to be real. You know, when A-list artists get on on the air, whether it's Breakfast Club or whatever, you know, or like a big interview on MTV or BET, they're, they're not going to ask them like, oh, well, how many hours a week do you spend reading contracts? Or like, you know, how do you manage your team? They want to know the glamorous shit, right? Indeed. So Indeed. that information never ends up in the artist's eyes in the right way. Mm-hmm. In fact, you should probably follow their managers or the their labels and see what the blueprint is. So I think that's the main thing that kind of, um, it's like, it goes against the grain for a lot of artists and musicians. So that's problem number one. And then problem number two, I think is just, and I feel like this is human nature because of the pleasure. You know, I'm saying this because I have the pleasure to travel all around the world. I have a company in India with 45 employees. And I think when they say there's like, you know, 10% of people make it, 90% don't. I feel like that's like somehow ingrained in our biology. It's just 90% of people don't take action. They have mm. big dreams, but they just don't take action. Right. I don't care who you are, where you came from, just that. Uh, the ability or the willpower to say, you know what, I'm tired of this. I will take action, even if I'm going to fail a few times, which in fact you're, go- you're going to, and you need mm-hmm. to, fail. that's learning. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, the bulk of it. You know, like I have at this point about 2000 artists came through our accelerator. We got like active 300 members and I hold two calls every single week on zoom in our accelerator that artists can get on with me, ask any questions. I act like a virtual manager to many, many members. And we have anywhere from eight to maybe 30 people show up. Right. 10%. And, and this percentage like repeats over and over again when we advertise artist music through my mm-hmm. digital marketing agency, you know, 10% of engagement. And that's when you have like super fans, that's expected. So there's like right. 10% thing is what I discovered in human beings that is just simply taking action. Yeah. Wow, man. Listen, she's got so much information, man. So, so of all the genres of music, which one do you think is the hardest to be successful in and why? Huh. The hardest? Um, that's a tough question. I, I don't know. Uh, there's, each one certainly has its own nuances. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, put it this way. Rap is particularly hard, but also has its advantages. And the reason I say it's hard, because so many kids want to be rappers. Right. That I've met, you know, uh, in high, like it starts in early age, high school, whatever. So if I looked at it as a business, when I started my company, Energy Efficiency, we were like one out of eight companies in Maryland. If mm-hmm. I imagined that there was 1,500 right. energy efficiency companies, and that's just a very low estimate from Maryland, right. that wanted to <laughs> compete with me, shit, I don't know how we would have made it. You know I mean? Right. That the competition was immense. Got you. So there's, but rap also has the advantage now of being the new pop. 
It's the mm -hmm. biggest genre on this planet. At least mm -hmm. in the U.S., is the biggest revenue generator. It is. So there's a lot of resources and, and a lot of investors willing to get into it. A lot of people that figured out how to sort of, you know, um, understand the model and all that. Uh, so it's tough to say. Maybe even classical music or like musicians, instrumentalists mm -hmm. is maybe... Or maybe, you know what, maybe that's easier because I feel like a lot of people don't learn instruments. So I, I feel like the competition is getting less and less. Yeah, it's changed. It's yeah. big. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think music in it, like all genres, let, let's just talk about the the ones that are the most fun for high school kids, like pop, R&B, hip hop, and maybe EDM. Right. All those are particularly hard because of the amount of kids that right. are aspiring artists. Yes. You know, so that creates a lot of competition. And these days, in my opinion, like, talent, all, all of course matters. So you got to be talented. But then after that, if you just figure out how to take action and learn some good information, mm -hmm. you're going to surpass 90% of your competition, even though they're, even if they may be more talented than you are. Right. I got you. I got you. advantages, I got you. but it's, you know, it, music industry is tough. It's a hard industry. There's no regulation. Yeah. Right. Like you think about real estate. I, I used to be a real estate agent. Mm -hmm. There's regulation in Maryland. There's federal regulation. You have to be licensed. You have to be under a broker. You have to pass a test before you even like talk to a potential customer that wants to buy a house there's nothing like that in music right so it's the wild wild west so it's right. easy to get, it's easy to get take advantage of all of that and like i haven't been in another industry which is funny a lot of of my like uh peers or people that are older than me that are in business they're like why the fuck would you get in the music industry it's the mm -hmm. passion i just love music and i yeah. love the education piece of it no i got you man great answer man great answer so to me you need in no particular order work ethic consistency dedication and money to be successful in the music business. So could you please put them in order of importance to you and your professional opinion and, and add anything I may be missing? Um, I would say consistency mm -hmm. is number one for me. Right. Because even if you're not as talented, if you're consistent with learning, you can become a great producer, great artist, great singer, vocals, whatever. That's, you know, so actually talent is the last. Okay, really? Yeah. Even though I, I truly believe you got to be talented to make it because yeah. otherwise you can't create demand. Right. But consistency is going to be number one. Um, I, you didn't mention strategy, but, you know, money is definitely important. I don't I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Like you mm -hmm. got to have money to invest in any business. Right. But time is money because a lot of people are like, well, I don't have that. You know, a lot of independent artists don't have thousands of dollars to invest mm -hmm. in marketing in the business, but you have time. And time is a lot of times equivalent to what do you make per hour? What's your hour worth? Right. right. They're like, well, how else can I market? Well, don't spam people. Don't like type shit into their comments or like DM them if they don't want your DM. Mm -hmm. But you do, you could do stuff that's like low cost and real cash, but takes a lot of time. Right. You know, so you can, you know, find people online. You can get out there with a Bluetooth speaker on the street level and perform. Mm -hmm. So consistency first money second and then all those other ones afterwards but to me from everything that i learned especially working with a lot of talented artists the talent is almost the last because for whatever reason in a lot of cases i've dealt with the talent almost like is i don't want to say detrimental to the artist but like they, they shoot themselves in the foot with having talent because they feel like they don't have to work as hard you don't have to put the work like, in entitlement right, right, so right. With, with like really good talent I got you, man. Awesome. So, so even as much as you love what you do, have there been times where you were frustrated by an artist that had all the talent but refused to put in the work? Add on to what we just talked about. Yeah, like healthy frustration all the time. Yeah. A lot more before. You know, I've I've managed artists, I'm invested into artists. I'm currently not per se doing that. I'm more so invest like I'm investing into teams. Right. Okay. Put it that way. Um. So 
Yeah, there's like, like a good healthy frustration. Like okay. even our clients wish they would be posting more content as we're mm-hmm. marketing and they're spending thousands of dollars, you know. So it's kind of like the frustration out of love. Like, come on, man, you could do way better than this. Like you could put out way more content. Like right. don't don't be self-conscious, you know, like mm-hmm. it's good to put it out there. So you know, there's oh, that, that's real. That's real, real talk. talk. I'm sorry for jumping in. That's real talk because even at my age now, and still loving music like I do, I had to learn that. And I, I try to tell my son that also because I think he's so talented. But but you know, getting out of your way and not worrying about what all these people are going to say because there's a whole world out there. And I, I'm not worried about what my friends think about me or whatever like that. I'm trying to do something bigger. I'm trying to do something global. And I know that the the internet allows you to do that, but there's still certain intricacies that you have to um, you know. Uh, know to get in there. That's why, once again, thank you for being here because I know you're that guy. And and ladies and gentlemen, he's the guy that you guys need to uh, check out his services because it's going to be really, really good for you, you know, no doubt. So on the other hand, what's the feeling like when a client follows through on the game plan and achieves their goals? What's that feel like to you? I mean, it's a great feeling because yeah. A, it tells me that the model and the blueprint that we sort of try to put in place works. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and I know they're happy. It's just good to see that good music gets out there. You know, and again, like, who who am I to say what good music is? Because we've had clients where you would never catch me listening to that music in my car, for example. But right. we're succeeding, and you know, I love the fact that they had a team that they were getting to the next levels. So you know, it's a good feeling for both sides. I'm happy for them, and I'm happy that the the blueprint that I've been kind of working on, pitching to our clients, and executing on works. Because there's there's like a general blueprint that always works but obviously every client every artist is their own almost business so it's got to be tailored there's no like exact formula but Mm -hmm. there's definitely a bunch of like general formulas that i think will work for any artist got you well like like you you said something i want to uh piggyback off of that you said team i know my boy Corey lowry who plays guitar for seether used to be in stuck mojo and Corey's my guy amazing just amazing musician and he was talking about you got to have a strong team man how important is that team to have to, to get to those the next level i don't think you could get to the next level without a team yeah. so it's, it's everything like any company i've ever built it would have been nothing without the, the team of course in the beginning you know there's a lot of grind uh by my by myself with my initial business partners and all that but there's just a you know that's just like uh putting the the beginning seeds of your dream into action and then people you know the, the team follows and sometimes you got to hire the team mm-hmm. sometimes you and you know a few people that get together that are business partners grind for a long time to where revenue is coming in so then you can right. hire on employees and expand it that way but your team is everything yeah. especially in the music industry mm. great awesome i appreciate that one yes indeed so in your professional opinion what's the biggest misconception about the music industry uh that you can get signed just off of having hot songs. <laughs> that's it. That you can sign, can get signed off of hot songs. Okay, that's what's up. <laughs> or that you know, like you could just put it out and like it'll happen. Get you, yeah. Like people will just start understanding what you're going through, you know. Or yeah. you just put out, you know, like there's a lot of things that, that gets taken out of context. Like one of the ones that I get a lot of comments or questions about, I did a video on the Russ strategy, the Russ, the, they took it out of one of his interviews or mm-hmm. one of his posts. Like, look at my account. All I did was put out one song per week right. and started 2016 and a year later, you know, I'm like touring and filling out venues with 500 people. 
but there's so much more that you can find from Russ saying somehow that all of that got missed. No artist is like, yeah, well, he did that plus 10 other things in parallel right. as he was doing. That yeah. all got missed. Like, oh, shit, yeah, all I got to do is just be like Russ, just put out a song per week. I'm good. I'll be looking for in a year. No. Looking, looking for the easy way. And it's, it's, right. it's way more work to it, man. It's so much work. Wow. So, so just like you saying that, so the social media model of music consumption is gigantic, of course. But but radio is still relevant, in my opinion. So am I way off, or is that is that some truth to that? So you're right. I mean, everything, every marketing tool has its place. Like country music, the the radio is way more relevant than hip hop, for right, example. Right. In hip hop, once you get the artists buzzing and there's a huge fan base, I think you should only. Can the radio help you? Like, okay, look, if you have a, a large budget, like 200k for national radio play. Is independent artists, but there's a lot more money behind other things because you can't just, of course, be on radio and nothing else. Right. And yeah, I mean that's going to accelerate the the blowing up of the artists. But uh, what if in hip hop and pop, I would use radio at a level where the artist is going on tour. They already okay. have hundreds of thousands of fans potentially, and radio acts as a reminder. Mm -hmm. You know, or it's taking a record that's really starting to do well maybe it's mm -hmm. getting on like the position 50 20 whatever the billboard charts mm -hmm. and then you just take it to make it into a massive hit record is to get that like national radio play um so it has its place but yeah you, you know radios real radio is expensive mm -hmm. i want to make sure all the artists understand you have to watch out for the digital radio stations because there's thousands of them and 90 percent kind of like spotify playlists they're not even they don't even have real people listening to them they're just nuts. They'll give you reports on how many streams or radio spins they're giving you per week. Right. I've, I've got burned on those type of campaigns many times. So radio is important. Um, you know, spent like Hot 97 in New York. I mean, mm -hmm. being on that for a couple of weeks, that could break an artist. Right. You know, right. Power 105, like Shade 45, if you get a, a, a record in consistent rotation on the radio station, like I guess that's satellite. You know, so of course we got satellite, digital, FM. So they all have their right. place, and every genre benefits differently. Gospel, I think, is huge. You know, radio getting your song on the radio in the gospel world—that's mm -hmm. tremendous for a record, even in the early stages. Right. A lot of gospel consumers listen to FM radio. Got you. Got you know, so it just depends on that. That's the Taylor part I'm talking about. It depends on the client and where they're at and what stage. But it, real radio, FM radio, and pop and hip hop and R&B is super expensive to do it the right way expensive to do it and once again it comes you know that money is so important i've heard you say it in certain times but you know it's just like you got to really understand that 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 money is still important and you just can't even you know you have social media out there and, and i'm going to get to that in a second let me not even get ahead of myself because i got a definite question for that so in your professional opinion are labels still important or is the indie route the way to go um i think both are important. Labels are important. You know, I don't want to discount labels. I, right. I don't want to shit on labels because there's a lot of great teams out there. And people just say, well, label is just a bank. Like, mm -hmm. I don't need a label if I, if my record goes big. No, at that point, you probably do need a label because, right. okay, do you want to do national touring? Mm -hmm. Like, just think about what goes in the touring, the liability, the, the logistics, like renting 18-wheelers to transfer <laughs> your fucking equipment around. Like, so many things that these artists are not thinking about. You know, and I, that's like... My favorite comment I like to battle on in my comments, like, well, what, what if you make it, what you need a label for? No, that, like, if you want to go worldwide, like, it's not easy to get into the Chinese market, like Chinese streaming services, right. you know? How are you going to get uh, somebody to collect all your royalties uh, 
outside of the U.S. Like we got ASCAP and BMI here, but mm-hmm. let's say you're a dancehall artist and you're playing Nigeria, Kenya, Ghana, mm-hmm. South Africa. They have different PROs over there. Western yes. Europe, different PROs. So um, the label is crucial. Now, a label, you know, you have to be very careful because it's like the double-edged sword. Like you have to understand like a partnership with a label is a beautiful thing. You know, in the beginning, um, label can be also a good look. Let's say you're a 17-year-old artist with a small team and they, they say, okay, we're going to lock you in for five years. You're not going to get a great deal. You might get a 90-10 split, like 90% on my label. All that. But if they commit, let's say, $2 million over five years to blow you up, right? 17, 18, and that deal is over, you're 23. And still then after that, you're a free agent and you soak up all that business game. You could be independent at 23. Mm. that is like artists that's why i want artists to understand business because maybe that's an awesome fucking situation yeah valuable yeah now if you're 28 and you get that type of a deal probably not you know you may want to keep going independently so and i think what you want to do is you want to start independently learn a game independently gain a fame fan base independently and that's the that's the way to get a partnership because to me even the word independent gets misunderstood a lot Mm-hmm. You can still be like Russ was independent. He still had a a, a, a a deal with I think it was either Atlantic or Capital to take him worldwide. But he was the boss. Right. They, the label trusted his ability to take it even further with the label's help because they saw how far he took it before mm-hmm. the label got involved. Right. To me, he's still independent. Independent just means you're the CEO of your career. Got you. I think a lot right. of people do get that twisted. Yes, indeed, indeed. Because like, and this is my favorite rebuttal to that. Well, like, nah. If you're not on a label, you're independent. Okay, that's not true because if we wanted to boycott a label, then you also have to boycott Spotify, Apple Music. And right, all that. So right. Then you can't put your music on these platforms or YouTube because they're a major company. Mm-hmm. What's the difference between universal, you know, public company as a record label and Apple that sells computers and provides Apple Music or Google that provides YouTube? You know, so nobody is, everybody depends on some form of, of a relationship or a platform to use anyhow. Of course. To me, independent just means you figured out the business to a point where even if you're at the label, you're still the boss. You mm-hmm. get to control the release dates, what gets put on the album, how the budget gets spent. So that's right. very rare when you get a deal with a label, but it's very possible because really that point is not even, you know, like I said, it's a partnership more so than a deal. Oh, man. Awesome, man. Awesome information, man. So singles or albums right now singles yeah because <laughs> even my man uh we're, we're we're trying to figure something out of course i'm in a rap metal band called plastic catastrophe with lord nelson and uh, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do we were signed with a, a, a french label but now we're looking at trying to do more stuff you know by ourselves but still once again you know just looking at things looking at money and while we were talking, my man texts me, you know, he's like, hey, I just did this or whatever like that. But just put and I'm going to use the stuff that you said, man, most definitely, man, to probably talk to you offline about some things that we could do also, man, because I'm, I'm into what you're doing and what you're talking about. I think it's it's so valuable for for uh, the, the watchers and listeners, man. And I'm really going to you know put it out there to them like, yo, you guys got to really pay attention, man. This is really, really important to you. So. But look, I'm, let me answer that. So yeah, here's man, I'm sorry. You say in the rap uh, uh, metal band. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So still singles, but then you mm-hmm. can repackage a bunch of singles that you put out over the last year and a half into an album, right? Because I do know for a fact that in genres like rap metal, rock, heavy metal, um, even a lot of acoustic artists like Lana Del Rey, things like mm-hmm. that, yep. they appreciate like a vinyl. Vinyls are actually on the uptick. Vinyls back, that's right. If you have a fan base, mm-hmm. that's when the album can be appreciated. And I don't want to 
discount the artistry or like i'm a fan of a lot of artists and having a full body of work especially mm -hmm. if it's kind of like congruent like it it, it makes sense it's like a storyline like back in the day yeah you know, where they made the albums that way i appreciate that but it can still be done by putting out a bunch of singles mm -hmm. maybe not all the tracks in that album but let's say the album is 12 songs you put out seven as singles over a period of half a year mm -hmm. a year and then you put out like a repackaged thing on, you know, this, here's your Christmas present, December 20, you know, 25th. And here's extra five tracks that you never heard. And now this is an album, but you better uh, have a fan base, you know? Yeah, so, right, right. Yeah. I, I know when you talk about vinyl, I know uh, when we toured, when I was with Stuck Mojo and we toured with Volbeat, um, you were, you talked about Volbeat had the, the bus for the the artists, you know, Michael and those guys were on one bus and then they had all the merch on another bus. And then, you know, just seeing that machine work, it was a machine when you talk about the label and how they had the, it was just beautiful. And I was just like, man, even though I was with Stuck Mojo at the time and we were doing our thing, but that Volbeat thing was on another level. And I just looked at them like they got their shit together. They really got their shit together, man. So when you're speaking of those kind of things like that, and then I have a, a, a vinyl back there that I ordered from this young lady uh, named Stony Sugar Skull. And she's out there doing her thing and, and she's just different. And when I heard her, I was just like, I had her on my show and I was just like, listen, I got to buy your product because it was just different. And every time she sings, it's just different. And she just makes me smile. So I was like, you got vinyl. I want to buy that vinyl. You know, I'm old school. And I remember those days, you know, of, of going, you know, digging into crates with my brother. He's a DJ and actually has a, a, a internet radio station. But um, amazing, man. No, Doug, once again, great information. I got off on a tangent, man. You, I, I'm excited about this. <laughs> That's all it is. So how important is promotion, buying ads, boosting posts? Because I've heard you talk about it. I mean, promotion is everything, um, especially in the early stages. Uh, so the reason I talk about the digital marketing a lot, because to me, the way our team does it is the cheapest way, dollar for dollar, to get your early music in front of the right target audience and get feedback from them to see what they think about the music, whether they like it or not, how much they like it, and literally identify your best product. So you can then focus on that for a while and milk it for everything it's worth. Because if you identify the best song through digital marketing, that means you're going to be able to reach and engage the most amount of targeted users, future fans for the least amount of money. Right. And that's super important for independent artists. Uh, boosting posts, not so much, just, you know, the actual technical term, like when you see that boost post now and all that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it doesn't give you as many options to be very granular for how you can target people. Right. That's, you know, it has uh, certain uses. But digital marketing, in my opinion, is the most powerful uh, dollar for dollar if you know what you're doing. Mm. It's important to understand that, you know, if my team spends $10,000 and somebody that doesn't know how to do digital marketing spends $10,000, they're going to get a completely different uh, result. Like I, I've learned, I've had the pl uh, uh, pleasure to learn about digital marketing through my older company, Green Newick, because I was able to spend, I forgot how many we spent, close to $10,000 mm -hmm. on learning how to launch ads with my own money. Mm -hmm. Right. So artists are like, well, you know, we could do that same thing. I'm like, okay, fine. But the, the money, the result is not going to be the same. There's right, some right. science to it. Um, so, or because the only other way to do it is then you go out in the physical form mm -hmm. and you get feedback from, you know, from fans. Right. And that's not easy to do. You know, people think, well, I'll just open up, uh, you know, I'll go to a showcase. Well, you, you don't have fans in the crowd. You have a bunch of other artists, producers, artists. managers. Right. Right. If you open up for somebody, you know, maybe that's not an effective way because it's too expensive. And generally, 
people only show up for the main artist. So you're performing for like 10% of a distracted audience. Right. Care about you. They don't know you were going to be there, you know? So you have to really understand how psychology really works. Psychology is the part that a lot of marketers don't talk about. It's not just setting up ads and like getting in front of the right people. How do those people think? How did you deliver your ad? Like what was in the video? What did you say? Or what did you not say? How was it presented? So you can then convert to psychology because a lot of people talk about, well, that's the paid way of getting fans. I don't, I want to do everything organic. But that's another misconception. I can run an ad all day. The the ad, when it shows up on your feed, that is a paid form of getting something in front of people. But then the everything after that is organic. Mm. Then that consumer decides, what am I going to do with this? Right. Am I going to follow the call to action? Because the artist asked me to check out their new song on Spotify. Am I going to go to Spotify? Am I going to listen to the whole thing? Am I going to add it to my playlist? Am I going to follow that person? That's all organic afterwards. Mm-hmm. So again, artists will shoot themselves in the foot. They're like, nah, I don't want to advertise because I want to get to do everything organic. You have to understand what organic truly means. And organic can happen after delivering something through a paid action. So, you know, advertising is everything. Like, I don't know. Look, this is the basic question. How do I get my product? I don't care what I'm doing, but in this case, the song mm-hmm. in front of real human beings that will probably like that product. Right. And I, how do I do it in the thousands and 10,000, the hundred thousands? Mm-hmm. at a time so it, you know doesn't always have to be digital marketing but if you can figure that out that's you have to figure it out and that's marketing and and you do provide this service for people ladies and gentlemen yes. this young man does provide this service <laughs> indeed it's great man so so what brings you the most joy about what you do i think it's just educating the the, the artists and their teams to succeed and just mm-hmm. you know especially when I get comments out of the accelerator, we're like, man, like you've changed my life with how I understand business and not just the music business, but everything I'm teaching is just business one-on-one. I've had an example in our accelerator where the artist, I think they're still going to try to focus on their music, but through learning everything in my accelerator, they applied those strategies and how to run ads to his wife's audiobook, And she's Mm -hmm. like a big blogger online about, I think it was cooking or something like that. Uh And they transformed her career right over like period of couple months i mean like quintupled five times x her audience and the revenue she was bringing and all of that that's awesome so it's it's just that feedback that uh that what we are preaching me and my team is is real it really works there's no bullshit and it really helps and it's good for long term you know awesome man great 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 so whoo uh, listen, my mind is just running, man. I'm telling you, my mind is just running about all the things that you're saying, man. Just great information. So in the music business, to truly make it, should it be a go-all-in mentality? Because a lot of people have jobs. A lot of people have other things going on. But to really get there, do you have to, you know, so many people have said, like, you know, you just throw caution to the wind. You just got to do it. That's an interesting question. And the way I've, uh, I would answer it and how I approach things in life myself is that if you heard of the term or the practice of chunking chunking is like taking is is uh really mastering your time and schedule and let's say you put something in for three hours of your time mm-hmm. you go all in in that three hour slot okay no distractions no social media put your phone away depending on what it is that's i'm able to run multiple businesses because mm-hmm. i chunk my time throughout the week so realistically you're right. A lot of artists that are independent in the beginning, especially that need to have a nine to five or another job to fund their career, they can't go all in from a standpoint like you can't spend 12 hours a day just in that because you got to make money elsewhere. But right. 
that evening hour that you get or those two hours you can allocate every single day or that 10 hours during the weekend mm -hmm. you go all in right. on that time slot and you have to look at your life and you have to compartmentalize and organize what you're doing like the funny thing is when artists ask as my accelerator ask me all these questions and they present all these challenges to me like i can't do this i don't have time for that first thing i ask do you have netflix mm -hmm. like yeah i'm like get fucking rid of it <laughs> and when i dig deeper i'm like be honest how much did you spend on netflix just watch it and it turns out five six seven hours a week that's wow. crazy you have 52 weeks in a year yeah multiply yeah. seven times 50 yeah. you know what I'm saying? there's 350 hours that's a lot of shit you can do so <laughs> it's just being realistic with yourself so to answer it again is like you go all in when you allocate the time of the day or whatever for your music dream to happen you know and look, with creativity, sometimes you like you can't necessarily schedule creativity. Like you can't say, okay, at 8 p.m. tonight, I'm going to create some hits in the studio. Right. So, you know, you have to account for that. But if you say every Wednesday I get to go to the studio and you make mm -hmm. it consistent, maybe the third week on that Wednesday, you create some hits because those two Wednesdays prior at 8 to 10 in the studio, you were able to jot down some ideas, vibe with something, prepare like, you know, some, some, some seeds, plant some seeds for future songs. Right. So again, it's just, you have to master your time. And uh, when you allocate the time for your dream, you go all in at that time. And, and what was the term you said it was again? It's called chunking, like chunk. Take yeah, chunking. I got yeah. you. Chunking. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got you. It was you. actually, I, I learned you. that recently, like three years ago, like, you know, mm -hmm. people like Elon Musk and like these billionaires that run 10 companies and they don't do it for money because you see elon musk works like 16 hours a day he's a maniac i'm not right. recommending that you do that <laughs> right when they ask him you know like how do you actually pull that off mm -hmm. you know it's kind of i think that there's one of the terms used in the interview is called chunking so i i've read a book on project management mm -hmm. uh and that was in there so it makes sense to me and i've kind of been doing it subconsciously myself right hey, i'm not the best at it trust me i get distracted all the time but i do try to allocate those uh blocks in my calendar for certain things and hopefully do a decent job of committing to when i'm you know focusing on x y and z in my calendar got you that focus man indeed indeed so in your words how can you help an artist achieve their goals in music um we can if they use our services we can help the artist put their music in front of the right people. Mm -hmm. We can help them understand who the right people are if they have no idea or if they literally start from scratch. And we can identify their best song for the time being out of, mm -hmm. let's say if they come in with four songs, I'll tell them what the consumer says is the best song out of those four. Right. And if that does really well, then that is the most strategic song to focus on for the next year to actually gain a fan base. Mm -hmm. So, we, you know, we can do that. That's in detail. But what uh, I guess this will resonate with a lot of artists. I will make sure you don't get scammed for forty thousand dollars your first three years of your career. Right. She used that money to build a true fan base because I swear. I mean, it's unfortunate. Like I said, it happened to me. Ninety nine percent of the clients we take on, whether they just join the accelerator, or become a full blown client, mm -hmm. everybody's got scammed. And it's almost like you need to get scammed in this industry. And that pisses me off. That's my 20 year goal is to. Mm -hmm. Continue to educate the industry. So hopefully the ecosystem one day becomes better. Oh, so man, artists awesome. are educated enough that they can't get gotten. Mm -hmm. Like they're educated enough to say, I'm not falling for this bullshit. Because right. if you do, do things this way, I'm not paying for your services, you know? So, but that, that's what we do. So we educate the artists, help them build the businesses and then identify their best product and hopefully promote the, their best product to grow a real sustainable fan base. 
Awesome, man. Awesome. So now are there certain tiers to it or they can just come to you guys, you know, hit your site, hit your website and just, you know, see what there is. You got a menu for them. Uh, yep. you know. Yeah, we got a menu on the website, you know, which uh, goes into detail of how the services work. But, right. you know, if a uh, client is willing to come on a football client, I'm always willing to have a, a quick call with them showing how we do stuff and mm-hmm. the the steps of how we do it for any type of client. That has to be, I have to learn about the client. Okay. The client's coming to me that already has a fan base. They're able to do shows of 100, 200 people, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. It's a different stage. At that point, we're still doing marketing for a client, but we're also doing what I call digital infrastructure. We are retargeting their fans and and, and uh, extracting the email addresses and phone numbers so they have in their own database and helping them get on different revenue streams and all of that. But when it's a client or a team that's sort of starting from scratch, then we first have to build the initial buzz and fan base identify the song. So every client will be different from what steps we take. Right. But for, we, we, you know, we have to have a call and we always do that before when the client comes on board and they pay our fee to start, we always have a strategy call after my team does what I call a data scrub, looking at everything they've done, what's available, what tools they got, do they have a website, what, what um, resources their team has available to them. Mm-hmm. And then we strategize what's the most effective thing to do for the next couple of months. Got you, got you. Great time. So I, I, I know, um, you know, I'm not trying to rush, but I know you got to get out of here. But uh, I want to last question I'll ask. What was the last song you listened to? Last song I listened to was actually um, Haley Knox. This is the part we're both avoiding. I thought we had it all until the morning. You lead me on and I'm left disappointed I'm waiting on you, you're waiting on me I've been so cold, spaced out Think of you more than you know Probably think of me in your backseat Still missing me, so don't act like you don't care Feelings are still there I can't keep waiting on you, waiting on you, waiting on you I found on uh, TikTok independent mm-hmm. artist i'm trying to have my team reach out to her but it's called like uh hold on prada yeah young lady named Haley Haley knox there was like in the car i think last night we were listening right. <laughs> and i just like to ask that question of artists and the people because you know there's no telling what people are listening to you know what i'm saying just like you said there was somebody off of tiktok that you saw it's just like but it might bring her to other people to go check her out or whatever. Like, well, actually, you know what? And that's a lot because this morning one of our clients real up. She got a song called "No Bum Bum." No bum bum. Yeah, those dope song. Go check it out. Real love. No bum bums. Uh huh. Um. As soon as you hear it, like they use the sample that's immediately recognizable, but it's a dope ass song. And uh, okay. I listened to the whole thing because I had to review the edits we made on her video okay. to make it into a clean enough version so we can actually launch it as ads inside of um, uh, YouTube. So that's technically the last thing I listened to this morning. I got you. Well, I'm going to say there's so much more that we can sit down here and have a conversation about. And I really appreciate it. So if you wouldn't mind, you know, Give my watchers and listeners all your social media information and all your contact information, if you wouldn't mind, sir. Absolutely. So you can find me uh, on Instagram and TikTok and even on YouTube, which is Matei underscore H underscore entrepreneur. You know, or if you just type in my full name, which is a hard name to type, Matei Harangozo. But uh, this is it's finally starting to become advantageous to have a hard production. <laughs> there's, there's nobody, you know, nobody else with that name. So if you type in Matei, 
uh-huh. even though it's a very common name, Matthew in uh-huh. English. Yeah. Uh, I still, you know, come up. But anyways, it's Mate underscore age underscore entrepreneur. Um, and if you get at me on uh, Instagram, I have a phone number that you can text, which is, you know, my uh, texting phone number. Right. Um, and me or my team are always looking at that. So if you need to reach us um, or me, there's a guarantee we'll get a response from that. Awesome, man. Listen, once again, I appreciate you. Thank you very, very, very much. This has been very informative. And just like I say, I like to entertain, but I also like to educate, too. And uh, I'm just, man, I'm just honored to have you, man. I want you to know that, man. I really, really appreciate do appreciate you take, taking the time. So, yeah, ladies I'm happy and to gentlemen, come back when I get some time, I'm happy to come yeah, back. Indeed, indeed, man, because we got so much more to say, man. We can sit here and talk for a long, long time, especially because I'm a music lover. I love music and I'm still learning, and, and I appreciate you, man, most definitely. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. So, ladies and gentlemen, once again, once again, you know who it is. It's yours truly, the Lord, the big guy with the big show on Live and Live with the Lord on the CMS Network with five Royals Entertainment with the great music guru, entrepreneur. Matei Harangoso. Yes, indeed. Clap for what, man. Yes, indeed. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, my brother. Turn it up. You're listening to Live and Loud with the Lord, Nelson, that is.